Now, welcome to the Uncultured Bias Podcast. I'm your host, Kamara Williams. Uh, right there, you just heard a new opening because y'all were just killing me about my previous openings, man, about y'all did not like the fact of, uh, I guess, you didn't like how it was too slow or whatnot. And so, you're like, you know, I kept getting texts like, yo, man, especially Nate. Nate was like, yo, man, I like your podcast, but uh, change, that, change that shit up, man. I, didn't, I do not like that opening. Um, my... <laughs> My best friend Jamie, she kept telling me the same thing. She could not stand my opening. So I want to do something a little bit more uh, traditionally hip-hop for y'all. But um, as I told my wife, because she did not like that opening as well, I said the original opening was a hip-hop track. It was a Jay Electronica track. Uh, but, you know, I weren't peeping that. So I went and put something together for y'all with uh, DJ Premier and Royce the 5'9 Instrumental. The track is called Boom. Um, it's a dope track, one of my favorite uh, DJ Premier beats, and that's saying a lot because I love a lot of DJ Premier's work. But anyway, I hope y'all like it. If y'all don't like it, I mean, listen, I mean, obviously you have no opinion voicing your opinion to me. So have no problem voicing your opinion to me. So you know what? Uh, I will expect to hear something uh, from somebody, uh, either Jamie or Nate or whomever, um, whomever uh, wants to offer their unsolicited opinions about my uh, openings, but it's all good, man. Listen, we're in the beginning of this podcast uh, life, and so I'm open to criticisms. Uh, and so, you know what? Lace them with me. I don't care. It's all good. Um, of course, since this is just uh, we're in the beginnings of the podcast. Last week we established that this is actually a vignette. So, because this is a vignette, uh, we're going to go ahead and do what we. Said established last week and play some uh, Coltrane in the back. Yeah, um, just to kind of ca- catch the vibe a little bit. So, this is Black History Month. Uh, shout out to the fact, you know, it's a uh, Black History Month. Let me turn down Coltrane just a little bit, um, and I might actually do something different. I might play a little bit uh, another uh, jazz track, maybe some Miles. Davis, I got to figure out which era what the models want to do. But at, at any rate, it is Black History Month. And uh, in celebration of Black History Month, first of all, you know, uh, you know, let's get first to give a round of applause for the fact it is Black History Month. You know, yeah. Um, in celebration of Black History Month, I'm actually going to be doing a Black History Month podcast uh, with my former history professor uh, in co- from college, Dr. Pearson. So that's going to be fun. Um, I t- spoke to him about it and I told him what I wanted to do, um, you know, as far as uh, little known black history um, that, uh, you know, that goes along with the theme of uncultured bias. And he got really excited to the fact that he sent me a whole ass curriculum on uh, the email. Like, you know, I'm like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get all that in the podcast professor, but uh, he's super excited. I'm excited. We're going to record that later on this month. Um, you know, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, just, you know, uh, do something different um, for a different type of podcast. So, yo, because it's Black History, uh, I wanted to start off some things that happened yesterday um, with Black History on this vignette. Uh, outside of LeBron checking, you know, courtside Karen, which that was comedy. But uh, I saw that something else happened yesterday with um, 
on Black History Month, and it was the Kentucky Attorney General coming out and making a statement regarding Happy Black History Month, you know, yada yada yada, and you know, and aptly, uh, Rihanna uh, went ahead and dug a hole in his chest and reminded him of his place in history of the fact that he didn't do anything to protect uh, one of her own, a black woman, uh, Breonna Taylor, say her name. So I thought this was actually a good transition to talk about what we deem as performative public actions. Um, this was inspired by a conversation I had with my friend Jamie yesterday. Uh, we're just talking about just a number of different things and just performative public actions. Uh, so before we get into that, it's a uh, let's just address uh, again, same on the same theme of protect, protecting black women. And you had these officers uh, in the last week or so, man, it's been troubling. Number one, you had one officer uh, 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 tear, uh, doing a, a tear thing uh, uh, in uh, on a, a nine year old girl. Um, and then you had another one body slamming a, a girl right here in central Florida in K- the Kissimmee area. And so, you know, I, for me, I look at these things and I'm looking at it like, okay, well, if you could pepper spray like a 90 year old girl, first of all, my, my daughter is seven years old. And if somebody two years from now, somebody pepper sprayed my, my daughter, my nine year old daughter, and it was a police officer. We just did a whole podcast regarding uh, American skin. I will tell you that that thing would become a real life story if somebody is pepper spraying my nine year old daughter. Uh, facts. All right. Um, and, you know, or even just body slamming her. You know, a grown ass man. I mean, it's, Biggie says it's going to be a lot of. Uh, slow singing and flower bringing if you know that's exactly what's going to be happening if somebody puts their hands on my kids uh especially a grown ass man um but you know with the concept of protecting black women and with this idea that you know it broke my heart when i heard this girl 9 year old girl say or the officer saying Oh, stop acting like a child. And she says, I am a child. And it, it, it goes into this, high thing, this whole thing of how black people are continually seen as being older than they really are. And, you know, for black men, it's, you know, this idea that black boys, they're, they're aged up. Um, and so they're deemed a, a, a threat. For black women, um, they're aged up. And they're overly overly sexualized at an early age, right? And so they don't obviously get the same protections as those who are, like, say, say, white women. Um, with the over-sexualizing of black women and um, the lack of protection that they are given within this society, it really ties into the whole conversation that myself and Jamie had, uh, Jamie Coleman, uh, first shout out to her. Uh, if you ever need tax advice, she's a tax lawyer out of Tallahassee, and she's my tax lawyer. So um, shout out to Jamie Coleman. Look her up. Um, Compass Tax Advisors. Um, you know, anyway. But Jamie and I were having this conversation regarding TI. 
And we kind of, we tied it into the whole fact of like the protecting of black women on one end, this chorus line of protecting black women and black lives matter. And then tied into how T.I., you know, he purports himself as this social advocate for black lives matter. And yet in the other end, he has these allegations and what they are just really right now, allegations surrounding him and his sexual proclivities with him and his wife. The problem I have with it, and again, I know uh, uh, these are just allegations and nothing's been um, proven at this point. But the T.I. situation is compelling because he's considered himself almost like he's or he's in the last 10 or so years. He's actually positioned himself as like a social advocate. He's even, I think, made an entire album uh, regarding social advocacy and Black Lives Matter or whatnot. And he's also ingrained himself in within the Georgia and Atlanta uh, political structure. Obviously, uh, in this last election, he was very he was a huge proponent of voting uh for Ralph Warnock and John Ossoff, you know, with getting behind Stacey Abrams and the voting initiatives. And obviously with Keisha Lance Bottoms um, in Atlanta, he's uh, very intimately involved within the Atlanta political scene. So he's really put himself in the public sphere as a political social advocate. Um, And all that is fine, right? But the question has to be asked is, can somebody really put themselves... In one end, say Black Lives Matter, but then on the other end, they're doing everything that is destroying, you know, or manipulating or hurting a black life uh, with sexual manipulation. Um, obviously, uh, there's, you know, allegations of sexual abuse or rape, whatnot. Pretty serious allegations. And we've heard stories about this, how over the years, prior to these allegations cropping up of just um, T.I. and his wife, you know, um, using their their fame and celebrity to uh, pull young girls into their honey trap and uh, create an environment to where they may actually do something that they weren't really ready to do, uh, whether it's through celebrity or drugs. And fame can be an addictive thing, too, like whether being famous or being around fame, um, it can create this parallel idea of morality that doesn't really exist, right? So, at any rate, you know, on the one end, you have uh, T.I. who puts himself out as part of this leader in the black liberation movement. But on the other hand, you have somebody who is operating in a space of predator. So the question is, can you be a political social advocate for Black Lives Matter when you're not doing the very thing to protect black lives, protecting black women, as we said, regarding, you know, the theme of, you know, Daniel Cameron wanting to be a uh, put out for Black History Month, but he didn't protect black women, right? I look at it in the same vein. I look at it in the same vein as how can we at one end say one thing and our actions show the other? What it really does, it devalues their messaging. We saw, we didn't take Daniel Cameron's message seriously because we saw that he, his message was, you know, 
in line with the fact, was uh, 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 not in line with the fact of his actions as Attorney General. How can we not say the same thing with Ti? And I'm just being a cha- I'm just challenging here, right? How can we not challenge the fact that he undercuts and undermines the very message of Black liberation and Black and Black Lives Matter when, with the assumption that these allegations are true? How you know if these allegations are true? How can he say one thing on one end and then his actions say the other? Does that take away? And keep in mind, I'm not talking about his art because I, I do believe you have to separate the art from the person. I'm not talking about Ti the rapper. I'm talking about Ti the social advocate proponent. That's what he puts himself out to be. Right? It's one thing to separate art, but you can't separate public advocacy when you're not doing the things that goes in line with what you publicly advocate for. That is, in, in by and large, the issue where we have to do, especially as black men, where we have to be willing to have those conversations and challenge the people in our lives or that we admire when they're not adhering to the principles of, you know, black, uh, uh, protecting black people in that space. And this is not a, I don't want to give it get into the whole thing of, of bashing black men, all right? Um, I rather, I rather uplift black men. But part of uplifting black men is being a pillar for them to stand on, and that pillar has to be one of those pillars have to be of integrity. See, I, I have this thought process: like, if you're going to protect black women, it can't be just because you're attracted to them. Or it can't be just because you are, they're your daughters. Protecting black women involves the entire scope of your being. It should be, it should be your entire scope of how you, how you view people and humanity. When you're just protecting black women because you are attracted to them or because they're your kin, that is a very self Interested uh, objective But when you're protecting black women Because it's the right thing to do And you have no sexual objectivity objectivity, Objectives Excuse me With them Then you're doing the things For the very For the integrity Of the purpose The integrity of Of the uh, situation I don't want to You know Beguile the fact that There are Scores of black men who protect black women And they don't talk out of both sides of their mouth So I'm not talking about them So I don't want you to I don't want to hear the conversation of Well you know not all black men Because I'm not talking Clearly it's not all black men But I am talking about those Who Are actively saying one thing And then also actively doing another I'm going to give you guys a story it's a personal story. It's something that happened that I did in my, in my life. <clears throat> 2007. This is obviously years before I, or a year, oh, about a year or so before I met my wife. I remember taking a girl out on a date 
or woman rather, modern day. We had a great time. And that night was filled with dancing and flirtation and whatnot. And, you know, it was, it was a total vibe and we were kicking. It was chilling. The chemistry was crazy that night. So I'm driving her home. And just based off the energy, I already know where this, this night's headed. I know where it's going. So we get back to her house. And, you know, she invites me to her, up to her, her room and um, invites me into her house and into her room, bedroom. She starts undressing. And then I start undressing, right? So she's completely naked. And then I'm in my, you know, I'm getting ready to, I got the boxes on. I'm about to get ready to, you know, toss them and get down to business, right? She goes and falls asleep. Now, it was maybe a combination of the drinking and the dancing and she was just exhausted. I don't remember, no. But she literally just goes and crawls into bed. Right, actually, she, she, she lays on the bed and she falls asleep. I'm sitting there now, just sitting on her bed, and I'm like, okay. I proceed to put her under the covers, and I just go ahead and fall asleep. Naked woman in the bed, fall asleep. Wake up the next morning, she's like, trying to figure out, oh my God, what happened? Did anything happen? And, you know, she, I was like, no. And she's like, I can't believe you didn't try anything. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do that short. First of all, I ain't trying to go to prison for nobody, right? I ain't doing that for nobody. But um, I was like, I didn't feel comfortable with that whole situation because you clearly weren't in your right mind because you went right to sleep after coming, you know, from a night of drinking and just hanging out for volatility. I didn't say for volatility back then, by the way. I'm just saying that now. A couple days later, I'm on the. Basketball court, and I'm just telling my boy about the situation, and I'm like, "Yo, you know, I had Shorty, man. I, you know, but man, nothing happened, man. You know, it was, it was wild." Um, and he proceeds to tell me I bitched up, and I didn't. I should have went ahead and tried to, you know, at least put my, you know, try to do something, you know. And I laughed him off or whatnot, but you know, as years have went on. I've tend to think about that conversation and I think about how I didn't challenge him and I didn't tell him that what he said was wrong. I didn't tell him that you can't force yourself on a woman simply because she's interested in you or simply because you have the opportunity to do so. And then I think about all the women that I might have put in harm's way by him because I didn't have the you know the integrity to hold him accountable. And that's really what it's about, right? Protecting black women is about a sense of of accountability. Not just with your own selves, but with the people in our own circle, in our circle. And so when I Talk about someone like T.I. I'm not doing it because I want to destroy black men. I'm doing it because I really, 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 really want 
to hold us to the standard that we deserve and that we're owed. But we can't get that if we're talking out of one side of our mouth and doing another, do another action. So that's my whole thing. And actually, I, I'm, I wrote about it, um, you know, but I decided I wanted to put this on wax because it just felt right to do so. Because some of y'all may not even read my blog, but hey, still subscribe because I need that. Um, you know, but at any rate, uh, that was the whole conversation that myself and uh, Jamie had regarding uh, just the idea of protecting black women. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk about protecting black women, we're gonna talk about protecting a woman, a, a nine year old girl from being pepper sprayed. We're gonna talk about a nine a, a, a teenage girl being body slammed. We're gonna talk about uh, the Breonna Taylors or the Sandra Blands. We have to always talk also talk about the women within our community who we sexually exploit or we sexually intimidate or that we don't um, protect from being uh, uh, sexually manipulated or even sex trafficked. We have to talk about those things because those things matter just as much. Black Lives Matter is a entire scope of humanity and being, not just of a certain sector of our black populace. And that is something that we have to be pinned in our mind. We have to continue to advocate for and continue to discuss. And that is the whole purpose behind this discussion. All right. Cool. Cool. A uh, couple things, you know, going to fire off before we end out on this vignette uh, on some political hilarity. We saw that Trump fired his attorneys. I just want to tell you, all or his attorneys walked away. They didn't fire. And I mean, he's since hired some new attorneys. But let me tell you, if your entire team walks away seven days before trial, that ain't good. If your lawyer is talking about, hey, listen, I cannot represent you. A week before trial That ain't good uh, Of course it came out that you know He wanted to pro- propagate a uh, That unfounded theory Of election fraud And blah 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 And they were like yo uh, You still on that shit player You still You know you, They took you off of Twitter for that They took you off of Twitter For doing that And you wanted to march up inside A senate hearing For impeachment and talk about election fraud, boy. Are you are you out your ever loving mind? I mean, I listen. I would have walked out too. Not after I got paid. I would have got paid first, and then I would have walked out because I ain't stupid. But uh, yeah, so they walked out. He since hired some new sycophants to uh, take up his cause. Whatever they may argue, I know it's gonna be straight comedy. Of course, you know I'll have my commentary on that when you know the impeachment. Starts uh, rolling around, but you know, sticking into stick, sticking on to the concept of hilarity in politics, um, the Florida Democratic Party is broke. Okay, uh, there was this is not no tea or anything like that because it was in uh, the political news that I think. The Florida Democrat Party literally has $68,000 in their bank account. $50,000, that's going to go to one person. They were so broke that people could not, their their workers didn't even have any health insurance. And it was just entirely bad. I'm thinking really doing the whole podcast on that whole scenario because it was just really bad. But uh, this actually goes in, by and large, the problem with, like, Florida. Like, people talk about 2022 and... 
you know, whatnot. And I'm like, I keep thinking like, ain't nothing happened in 2022 because, you know, the De- Florida Democrat- Democratic Party is a broken party. And in truth, you know, it's going to be hard to recruit candidates when at the end of the day, or actually support candidates, let's not even talk about recruiting, right? Um, it's going to be hard to actually protect and work for candidates when the party can't even protect itself. The party can't even help itself. So I think, you know, I, I'm going to just let you, I'm going to prepare you all for something. Uh, until further notice, uh, the Florida Democrat Party is set up for losses in 2022. I'm just saying, there is not a candidate right now who, and I know, I, I don't care who you're thinking of, there is not a candidate right now that can win uh, DeSantis' seat or Rubio's seat. They haven't emerged from at this point. Um, and I know the, the names that have been pushed out, I'm, I'm including those names. They have not emerged they're not uh the, the the party is a broken system it's poor mismanagement terrible fundraising terrible structure bad candidate recruitment all that within the florida democratic party so that is the uh the issue with that um but sticking on the theme of like money and the democratic party uh, i saw that as of this podcast the democrats passed a uh, I guess it was a, a, a bill um, package, COVID relief package of $1.9 trillion, uh, 50 at 50 in favor and 49 not in favor. Not, not one Republican voted in favor of that relief package. Um, of course, Democrats use it through the budget reconciliation um, uh, 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 strategy where they didn't need a majority. But I just want to put it out there that this is the same Republicans that actually passed an, an entire tax relief bill, uh, $50.49, $4 trillion tax bill in uh, 2000, I think it was 18. And not one single Democrat uh, voted in line with that. So they don't mind passing out and, and pushing tax policies that benefit the top 1%. But when it comes to actually benefiting people, uh, Republicans, for whatever reason, some reason they find themselves wanting to tighten up the bootstrap. So, um, or belt strings rather. So anyway, that's that. Um, you know, I, do we have anything else we want to talk about before we end this little vignette? Oh, listen, with politics, uh, keeping in line with that, uh, stay tuned for our podcast coming up in fashion and politics. It's going to be dope. We're going to talk about messaging within particular um, uh, clothing from Bernie to uh, what happened, like, you know, the, the fervor behind Michelle Obama and her inauguration outfits and whatnot. And just, you know, what do people garner from the idea of our public officials and what they wear and messaging? So that's going to be an exciting podcast that's coming up. That's the next one. Um, you know, I'm excited about it. At any rate, um, I hope y'all enjoyed this uh, vignette. You know, I'm going to try to do these uh, once a week um, in line 
with the long form conversations that we're going to be having, obviously on a regular podcast, but uh, people, I got great response from these and people seem to like them. Uh, let me know your thoughts. I'm sure you will. And you know what? Uh, we're going to go ahead and write out for it. And, you know, listen, I'm just going to say one thing. 